One of my favorite elements of doing this podcast are the moments when God gives me a nudge to reach out to someone and I have no idea what God intends to do. And that's shown up in several episodes. And in this episode, God gave me a nudge to reach out to my friend Joelle. Now, I haven't known Joelle all that long. I actually met her husband first three years ago when he came in and helped to put in the kitchen in the house that God told us to pursue. And that was a huge deal, a story in and of itself. But I helped him to put up the cabinets the first day he was there. And we had an amazing conversation. And I I didn't really know that guy before, but after that moment, I knew this is a guy that I want to keep getting to know. And then when I met his wife and his family, I just knew that he was doing something amazing in them, that the spirit was very much present in Sam and Joelle and their kids. And to this day, I I still am very excited for when we can start to hang out with people in public again and our families can get together because God is at work. And I'm really excited because God is at work in Joelle in a very new way. Joelle is following a nudge from God to step into something that you're going to hear about, but involves a new website, www www.firstlovewomen.com. So if you don't go any further into the podcast, you at least have the website now and you can check it out. But I encourage you to go a little further because, like I said, God gave a nudge and I didn't know what was going to happen, but so much came out in this episode that I feel like there is something for you. Uh, We talk about how God works through women. We talk about discipleship. We talk about what it's like to follow a very unexpected call from God and how to keep on going even when God doesn't tell you where the next step is going to land. And so there's so much in this episode that I want to encourage you to listen, but I also want to encourage you to check out what God has prompted Joel to do, because I feel like he wants to do something big through that invitation. You're listening to episode 44 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, I just want to thank you that you are God and you are good. And yeah, I just thank you um, for the nudge to have this conversation with Joelle. Uh, and we don't know what it is that you might want to do in this time, but we want to just position ourselves um, to be ready. Uh, we just pray that you just let the spirit come in uh, to speak through us, that if there's anything that you want to be said, that would give us the boldness to say it if there's anything that shouldn't be said that you would keep us from going down those rabbit trails we pray against anything that might attack all the possible ways technology could go wrong not simply because we want this conversation to happen but we want you to be glorified and we want you to be known and we both have experienced you in so many ways that we know if you want to use any part of our story we don't want anything to get in the way of that so we give ourselves to you our words to you our computers to you and just say that we want you to be glorified. I pray in his holy name. Amen. Amen. So we have not known each other long, Joelle. Um, no. I guess just I met your husband when somebody connected me with him and he came and put in our kitchen and saved us probably tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> and did an amazing job. 
And then you and I probably didn't meet for a while after that. Um, but if you had to capture the quick hit of who you are in 30 seconds, what would you say? The elevator pitch, who is Joelle? Uh, I grew up a preacher's kid and now currently, so I've been a follower of Jesus my whole life, but now currently I find myself in a place where I'm a mom of four kids and I mainly stay at home with them, but I still do a little bit of registered nurse um, work once a week. And I'm a wife to my husband, Samuel, and just trying to uh, live out my purpose in life now um, more than ever before. I think that's about 30 seconds. That's good. <laughs> exactly. I was timing. I wasn't timing. Um, and so purpose is one of the reasons we're talking. You recently uh, have felt God calling you into something new. And that uh, hearing you talk about that is what God brought to mind and gave me a nudge to reach out to you. But yeah, tell me about this new thing that has suddenly come about in your life and where it even came from. Yeah, so um, it's kind of interesting because I knew that I always wanted to be a mom and be a wife and I wanted to invest in those relationships. I felt like that was a very big part of my life and a very big part of my calling. And my husband, who is a dreamer and a visionary, would ask me, what are your dreams? What, do you, what else do you want to do with your life? And I would just look at him and say, I can't dream. Like, I'm not allowed to dream. This is my purpose. This is my calling. I'm going to be a wife and I'm going to be a mother to these four children. And I did some women's ministry stuff sort of here and there, but it was last November. Um, I'd helped plan a women's event. It was an outreach event. And that night at that women's event, God really clearly said to me, um, Joelle, you've placed yourself inside a box and people see you in that box. And I've, I'm calling you out to step out of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to show you what I want you to do. But um, in the meantime, you need to just be seeking me. And so it's really been a process um, since that point where just over the last, let's see, like six months or so, God has just been slowly like bringing into my vision things that kind of involve me walking into what he was calling me into. And so today um, I find myself starting a YouTube channel um, with the goal of really discipling women and giving them tools to feel empowered to have a voice in the kingdom of God and also um, just encouraging them to make Jesus their first love in everyday life, not just on Sunday mornings. Being someone that's always been a background person, um, this is definitely a big stretch for me, but I really am excited about walking into something where I don't feel like I have everything under control and I have everything that it takes to do something like this. I'm excited to see God kind of show up. Yeah. So. And there's so much in that too that just really pops out. But I, the, one of the earlier things you said that uh, you know you you mentioned you weren't allowed to dream, and I feel like that's something that you're not alone in feeling. I, I feel like there's a question that's brewing in my mind, and I don't know if it's completely come together, but I'm going to roll with it. 
you know, you, you grew up a preacher's kid. So you were around the Bible, you were around believers. How is it that you think the enemy was able to slip that lie in that you weren't allowed to dream? I, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Give me a second to think about that. <laughs> I think that I had seen a lot of families get destroyed and other families really hurt by a mom who wasn't focused on her family, who was focused on her career and on her goals. And I didn't want to be that. And I think that in life, we tend to do this where we're like, I don't like the way that looks. And so I'm going to swing way over the other way and create all of these extra boundaries to make sure that I don't end up like that. And my family doesn't either. Yeah. And I think what's beautiful, then you followed up by your (laughs) dreamer, visionary husband was who God used to kind of break down that lie. You know, I think there's so much in this definitely about how God wants to work through families, but also even how God uses marriages and that it's not just two people living together and doing life together, but there's something that happens in that oneness that God used him to awaken something in you that God had placed in there before Samuel was there. Yeah. Yeah. I tell him all the time, like I say to him, you know, a lot of the discipleship that I've received the last 10 years has really been from him. He's been such a voice in my life of, you know, just even saying things like, I hear what you're saying, but that's, that's a lie. Like (laughs) that's a lie from the enemy. Yeah. We're not going to believe that. And so, yeah, it's being married to someone who is a Christian and loves God and hears his voice is, is definitely awesome. It's very, I don't know. It really has helped me a lot. Yeah. So he prompted you to give yourself permission to dream. You kind of stepped into some women's ministry things. And then one day God's like, all right, buckle up. But (laughs) the other thing that stood out is that it wasn't that God then gave you the guidebook and said, here's exactly what's going to happen. It sounds like what he did is said, I'm going to do a thing and I'm going to tell you along the way. How did you feel about that when God didn't tell you exactly what was going to happen, but instead said, I will tell you later. Honestly, like I wrote down exactly what he told me and I forgot about it for like three or four months. Mm. And during that time, I just kept telling my close family and friends, like, I know that I need to start stepping out of my, this box. And I know that I need to start living into something that God's going to show me in a Three months later, I I really, for three months, I had no idea what that was going to be. And three months later, I just got this idea to kind of do a guide, a devotional guide for a few passages of scripture um, to help women who like get overwhelmed by the Bible to um, just have a way to approach it intentionally. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the first step. And then it just kind of grew more and more from there. But yeah, it's weird to explain how you feel. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to do something. I don't know what it is yet, but it's, 
I know that I'm going to walk into it. I know he's going to show it to me. And it was crazy because three months later, when I looked at what he had said to me, I was probably even, it was probably six months later when I looked into my journal and seen what he had written, what he had said to me, like, oh my goodness, like, wow, he's really showing me what he wants mm-hmm. me to be doing. He's so faithful. Yeah. But even that makes me think about a conversation I was having with someone who is just wrestling with some vocational things and and he really desires to know what it is God wants him to do. And it's not clear and he doesn't know what to do about that. And for over five years, I worked with a ministry where I walked alongside young adults and nearly all of them were in that same space. They were coming out of college or close to coming out of college. And they knew that they had to do what God wanted them to do. They didn't know what it was. And God wasn't telling them. And they had so much stress. And I began to realize that I feel like that's one of the ways that the enemy hits us as well, is gets our mind, he gets our minds focused on the, what things we're supposed to do when the truth is what we're supposed to do is just walk towards God. And that's what you started to do, right? It wasn't like yeah. you took the guidebook and w- rolled with it. You just, all right, God, you're saying I should do this thing. So. I'm going to take this next step and this next step. And when we hit those moments where we still have no idea what's next, we can get fearful, but then God's like, no, there's nothing to be afraid of because what's next is you take another step towards me. (laughs) Don't worry about the other stuff because it's never been about that. It's been about me and walking towards me and trusting me. Yeah. And there's something so beautiful about walking in obedience to God and seeing him show up and show himself powerful and very present in your life. That if you hold on to that control and try to understand the whole picture, you don't take those steps of faith and obedience, you really miss out on. And it's, I think that that is probably one of my favorite things about my relationship with God is just when he does call us to do something that doesn't make a lot of sense, you're like, I, I don't have what it takes to do that, but he gets to show his glory off. It's just amazing. When I think of why God calls us in the spaces, sometimes it's because he does want to do something new or go deeper into a space. And so I, I've seen God moving in a lot of ways in the area of ministry for women through like the women's ministry that you mentioned earlier. And it's incredibly important, but I want to hear from you. Why is it that you think God wants to create more of this? Why is it that you think God is nudging you to do a YouTube channel uh, to help disciple women? Like why? Yeah. Why this ministry for women? I think for me, it goes back to when I started, I first experienced discipleship and that was really in college. Um, It was a church plant community and everyone I was around was passionate about really wrestling with and um, really discovering their identity in Christ and what that meant here on earth and how we should live our lives from that reality. And to say that I felt so um, encouraged and challenged is an understatement. It was just an incredible time of growth in my life. And after college, I moved away. Actually, I moved a few times. And so went to like three or four different churches with all of those moves. And that's been for 10, you know, within a 12 year span. Most of the churches that we were in, I noticed that 
um, that discipleship wasn't there. Um, I think that, you know, we live in a culture of consumerism. And unfortunately, I think that's sort of trickled into the churches. And a lot of churches, at least that I've been in, have sort of adopted more of this, um, a come and experience God model. The focus was really on like developing community. Mm. And I think that's awesome. Like we need community for sure. But there was very little to no focus on giving, making disciples and really teaching people in the congregation. Like, this is what it looks like to follow Jesus outside of the church. These are tools that will empower you. This is how to approach the Bible. This is what time with God can look like. And it is for you. And I think that a lot of people I realized saw themselves as, okay, we're here and the pastors and the leaders are the ones that really have that connection with God. And I think the subliminal message when people aren't taught the tools to approach scripture or what it means to, to be a disciple of Jesus and that they sort of feel like they'll never achieve that and that they are not capable of achieving that relationship with God or fulfilling a purpose outside of the church. I think a lot of people feel like their purpose in the American church is to, um, is to serve just the church. And I don't think a lot of them really know how to serve God and live out their purpose outside of the four walls of the church. So all of that, like having experienced discipleship and such growth and encouragement and then for 12 years, not really experiencing that, it really became a burden of mine. And I heard somewhere like your pain will lead to your passion, which will lead to your purpose. Hmm. And I think that that is true in a lot of cases. And it's definitely something, discipleship is definitely, I think, very important. And I think that um, women need to be empowered to live out their purpose and to love God. Yeah. Well, that a uh- kind of affirms a thought that was floating in my head that I was like, do I say this thought? Because I'm a male. <laughs> and, and so this thought coming from me, I want to make sure I word it right. But I feel like that's been a, a really big issue with the church for a long time is uh, a misunderstanding of a, a diminishment of who God created women to be, how God desires to work through in the way that God has placed tremendous power within women. I mean, there are still churches that women can't be in leadership. Yeah. So I could imagine that that would in, you know, sometimes overt ways, but even in subtle ways, create a belief about there being these limitations. And when you think about not just what you're doing now, but if you were to let your mind kind of dream, um, <laughs> like what, what is it that you think God desires for, let's just say like women in the American church, women in this time in history that we're experiencing right now, what is it that you think God may want to unlock? So my vision, one of the things that I feel like God showed me and placed on my heart is, is a, a call and a beckoning 
of women to return home. And that's how I kind of saw and how I came up with the name of the channel's first love. We're in Revelation. God says, you know, you're doing all of these things for me. You even take care of the poor. And, but I have one thing, like you've forgotten your first love. And if we don't have that, we don't have anything. And so to me, I feel like in all of the hustle and bustle of life and all of the to-dos and the Pinterest world and the Instagram and all of these expectations that we're placing on ourselves to achieve and live a good life, like we have got to remember our first love because at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, it's only going to be us and him. Mm. And, you know, just talking about women specifically, um, when I lived in Honduras for a while, I worked with community development in some of these villages. And some of the things that I learned there apply everywhere. You know, when you when you educate women and empower women, you don't just educate them you educate if they're a mom if they're a daughter or a sister you educate the entire home women really set the tone of their environment that they're in of the home that they're in and so if they feel run down and defeated they're going to be teaching that they have so much influence in their community and in their their world so they're going to be teaching that and modeling that. But if they get their, their strength and their joy from Christ, and they know that they're showing up to a battle that's already been won, then they're modeling that to their children, families, whoever. I think that women have a very valuable role in society. That's something when, when we were in family DTS that we really sat with is when you become a parent, your first ministry is you know, to your family. Um, your primary ministry is to your family. And just like you said, the, the fruit that can come from that because you're reaching your kids who are reaching not just their networks, but eventually their kids and you're having a generational impact. But the way our minds work is the, the important work, the, the real ministry is out of the house. And you come home and you rest so that you can go back out and do again. And we undervalue um, the role of stay-at-home parents. We undervalue the power that God uh, shows through moms <laughs> loving their kids. And it's a real shame because there is something beautiful that happens when we really understand that. It makes me think of you know, Mary and Martha and what Martha believed is the, the greater work was getting everything done and getting everything ready. And that was important. I mean, she had somebody incredibly important in her home but Mary sat at Jesus' feet. Mary has chosen the better thing. And it, it's exactly like what you said, the whole first love concept, this idea that the most important thing we can do is sit at Jesus' feet and trust that all the other things, the food, the preparation, all of that, you know, seek first the kingdom and I will provide everything else. Yeah, yeah, so true. You know, one of the things that I really appreciated when you posted your first video, I appreciated the video itself, but one of the things I really appreciated was uh, Samuel ended up sharing it and saying, I can't remember what he wrote, but something incredibly supportive and about how amazing you are. 
And, you know, and I, it makes me think about when, uh, we, you know, we're in the same house church together. And when we do Zoom calls, all your kids are right there. And so I get this feeling that this isn't a solo venture. I mean, it's just you on the screen by yourself, but it, it doesn't seem like it's a solo venture. So how does family play into this new thing that God's calling you to? Or put another way, how has God not called solely you, but how has God called your family into this vision? Well, Samuel is definitely just a huge source of support and encouragement. And I think it's like kind of interesting, but I find this to be the case a lot of the time, like for other people that I've seen really branch out of what their norm is. I don't feel like people really know how to respond or react. And so sometimes I just get a lot of blank stares, you know, which is okay. But having, I've told Samuel over and over again, just having his support and him being a voice of encouragement to me is really, that's the reason why I'm doing this. I would have never had the, the courage to step out at all if he had placed any doubt in my mind of like, maybe this isn't really what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And that just wasn't the case at all. Um, and then for my children, um, you know, I really, even this morning I was praying and I'm like, God, help me to have the right perspective. Help me to not get consumed with this YouTube channel and trying to make an impact. And I really felt like he said to me today, you have an audience of one and that's me. And you are here to please me and you are here to live for me. And, and I have given you these four children. I've entrusted them to you. And first and foremost, you're leading them before you lead anyone else. And so I feel like that's been a good perspective for me to have of just, they come first. Um, and during quiet time is when I'm recording my YouTube videos and editing and things like that. Yeah. And I love that audience of one piece because yeah, our culture says success would be that this just takes off and you have hundreds of thousands or even (laughs) millions of people subscribing and then you're getting called in for conferences and you're traveling the world. Like that is success in the world's mind or put another way failure would be that you get the blank stares and you're not getting people watching and the analytics are coming in and it's like, man, people aren't even making it past 30 seconds. What am I even doing? And I think that's the beauty of what you shared is that success actually is asking the question, did I seek God and did I step wherever I thought he might be? And if the answer is yes, then you're successful. I've been um, helping out with some Zoom Bible studies with some recovery homes. And I think I've done it for six weeks now. And I've only had somebody show up one of those weeks. And today was one of the days. And I, again, was in the Zoom call by myself. But I long before realized the only reason I was doing it is because it was very clear that God was giving me the invitation to do it. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, the first few times that nobody showed up, I started to ask the questions, is this worth it? Am I accomplishing anything? Should I be using this time in another way? But I felt like God wasn't releasing me from it yet. So I was like, all right, well, I guess if it's just me and God in these Zoom Bible studies, then so be it. And, and I think that's the mindset we need to get in. We need to break from our understanding of what 
society, culture, even our own broken humanity says is successful and fruitful and return again to the first love that loving God and loving others, like loving God is, is the first thing. And if we do that, then we're good. Yes. I was talking to Samuel last week and I was of course raising questions like what if like this just is terrible and what if no one watches this channel and and he was like Joelle like if no one watches it but you are still doing it out of obedience to God was it worth it and I was like yeah mm -hmm. it is every minute that I put into it mm -hmm. yes absolutely it's worth it so I'm gonna keep doing it yeah <laughs> well, I do want to make sure I get this in there, but I want to make sure I don't end with this. So if somebody is listening and they're like, I'm intrigued, I want to learn more, how can they discover this? Where should they go? I think that the best place to go would be to my website. It's www.firstlovewomen.com. And that has links to my YouTube channel. It has links to the first um, devotional journal that's going to be coming out the first week of June. And I do have a Facebook group as well. And I really hope that that will become the place where women really just encourage one another and get to share you know, this is what God's doing in my life and um, really almost be a place of accountability even too. And so if women are like, I want to have community around me that where people are sort of expecting more and encouraging me in that way, my walk with God, then um, that could be a place for them. And that's on my website too. And so there'll be, there's a few things that the video series, the devotional, you'll probably posting on social media. If there are any women listening to this right now, what is it that you want them to know? What is it that you feel like it is so important that they know right now in this moment? That God created them to know him. And that if they have ever believed that they're not good enough, or they haven't been a Christian long enough, or they don't have the right background, or they just don't have their life together enough to have a deep, real, authentic relationship with God, that is a lie that God wants to know them. You don't have to be really smart. You don't have to be in leadership of your church. God wants to know you, and he created you for a purpose. And that purpose starts with knowing him. It flows out of knowing him. And if we were created for a purpose, that is where you will experience the most joy and the most peace and fulfillment in your life. And so we've really got to pursue him first. And that's where our life, that's where we really live life. Hello, this is Marin Dawes in Charlottesville, Virginia. My pastor recorded his sermon and put it up on YouTube. And, you know, it's weird to watch a sermon with not the rest of the church around. But he did such a good job and he was preaching on how God can sanctify anything. And at one point he was holding up a bunch of kale and he's like, I don't like eating kale. To me, eating kale is suffering. But when you put it in the oven with some oil and salt and pepper and you cook it, uh, it becomes delicious. And that's what God can do to suffering is he can 
he can change it and transform it and turn it into something good. Um, and I was just really moved. And then it was like the Holy Spirit whispered, like, I can use anything for good. And that was really awesome. So hope that encourages somebody. You I want to give a special thanks to Marin for leaving that voicemail and for Joelle for being my guinea pig and finding out if Zoom conversations can work for the podcast. So the good news is, is if God's given you a story to tell, you can leave a voicemail or we can get on Zoom. Whatever way it needs to happen, I really believe that God wants to work and encourage the body through us sharing the stories of how he is speaking and moving. I want to read this verse that Joel referenced during the podcast. It's from Revelations 2. I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and you found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have left your first love. As Joel was sharing about this concept of first love, it really sat with me because this is something I've been thinking a lot about lately. We have a lot going on in the world. We have a lot going on in the church. And so often we are led by things other than our first love. We are driven by things other than God. We are operating out of ourselves rather than from God's strength and God's wisdom. And what's so scary is all of those efforts, all of those things can look good, can actually be good, but could be incomplete if it's not about the first love. And it can actually be destructive if it's in a direction other than God. And this is such a scary thing because it is so easy for us to miss it. I mean, you listen to this passage in Revelations 2, and this church probably felt like they were on track. And those first few verses affirmed that. They were doing amazing things. But the thing that God actually wanted them to do was to remember their first love. That was first and foremost and most important. And everything else, no matter how good it was, if it wasn't about their first love, then (laughs) it missed the point. What's beautiful about Joel's journey is it's not the story of someone who had this idea to start this platform for women's discipleship through a website and through devotionals and through YouTube videos. That's not what that story is. It's a story of someone desiring to know God and God giving an invitation and her taking a step towards her first love, not towards success, not towards a plan, towards her first love. And she does not know where this journey is going to take her, except that she knows that it's taking her towards God. And that is enough. And that pursuit 
of her first love is going to mean everything. And it's going to do abundantly more than she could ask or imagine, not just for her, but for her family and for those that she interacts with. And I just feel like we've got to realize that now it is so important with everything going on to know whether we are pursuing our first love or pursuing something else. Whether we are fighting for our first love or fighting for something else. Whether we are operating from our first love or operating from ourselves. Because if we're wrong about it, we may be amazing people and miss the point. We may be doing incredible things and missing the abundantly more that God wants to give. We may think we're honoring God and we're only honoring our own ideas. But in this is an opportunity, if you flip that, it means that if we pursue our first love, we don't have to know everything. We don't have to be everything. We don't even have to actually have the capacity because it's not about us. When we step towards our first love, when we remember our first love, God will do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine right now. Not after we fix ourselves or get ourselves right. After we say, God, it's you and only you that I want to pursue. We have an opportunity today to see something we could have never have asked for or imagined. So I want to ask you, how can you today step back and decide that you are going to pursue your first love? How can you, in whatever body you're a part of, your church, your ministry, your group of friends, how can you as a body step back and say, we are going to pursue our first love? Because that is going to have an immediate impact on your world and the world around you. So do that. Pursue your first love today. And then ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?